Good evening and welcome to Sherwood Online. We are so grateful to have you. And tonight we're going to be talking about the God of deliverance. In Acts chapter 12, we see how God delivers Peter from an unusual circumstance. And when I was reading through this scripture, I started thinking about some days where I really, really needed God to be my deliverer. And that was on, in boot camp, it was on the confidence course. Now, you, you know, if, if you're going to Marine boot camp, you're not going to see any small obstacles. The, these are things that really, really challenge you to the core. And so in my heart of hearts, I, I mean, I was ready. I, I was ready for the toughest, the, the baddest obstacles. And, 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 and we went to one, it was called the A-frame. And, and if you're a Marine, you remember this. The A-frame, it was, it was made up of telephone poles, you know, and you would go up probably about 10 feet or 12 feet, and then you would uh, walk across these other telephone poles, and then you would go up an A-frame and grab a hold of a rope, which is about 30 feet high, and you would slide down that rope. And I was like, piece of cake. And the reason why I said it was a piece of cake is because I saw the netting up under me and I figured if I fell, you know, I won't really injure myself. So I'm just going to be tough and just tough this right on out. But then the next, the next obstacle came up and that obstacle was the slide for life. And slide for life was, was a little bit more challenging, a little bit higher, you know. Um, and so we would have to go up. And as you got on the top of the slide for life, you grabbed a, a cable. And that cable was suspended over a netting all the way down into some, uh, over some water. And you got to the end and you saw your drill instructors down there. And so I, I went up on that obstacle and I got on the, on the slide for life and I was going shimmying my way down. I switched over and, and I didn't fall. And man, I, I mean, I was feeling good. I'm, I'm feeling pumped. I'm like, man, this is, this is a piece of cake. And then we got to the last obstacle. This obstacle was called the stairway to heaven. And, and, and in fact, it probably should have been called the ticket to heaven because if you fell off this thing, you, you were going to die. Now, at the bottom, the, the only thing that was there was either sand or wood chips. There was no netting. There was no water to break your fall. You, you, if you fell, you were just falling down probably to, be, to your death. And so I remember looking at this thing and saying, saying God, I, I need you right now. And I saw short guys getting up there, and I was like, man, it, can you just leave me your, your shoes or, or your uniforms or something like that? And, and then I saw tall guys just kind of just leaping, just bounding over this obstacle, and I was like right there in the middle. And, so, and this staircase to heaven was 32 telephone poles that were 30 feet tall. They were spread out about 12 feet. And they had uh, a telephone pole that was connecting the two. And they were about spaced about four feet apart. And so if you missed one, you could fall. And I said, God, I, I really, really, really need you now. And I said in my heart, I said, man, there, there is no way that I'm going to survive this. There is no way. And, I, and I've got to push through to make it. And maybe in your life, you've been saying the same thing. You have finally come up on your stairway to heaven. And you have hit a situation and you said, man, there is no way that I'm going to make it through this. There, there is no way. You know, I, I, I've been able to conquer all those other things in my life, but, but this thing in particular, this, this scares me. Maybe that's your finances. Maybe that's your marriage. 
Maybe that's your relationship with someone else. Maybe, maybe, maybe that's cancer. Maybe, maybe that's school, process, projects, dissertation or something. And you have arrived at this obstacle and you said, man, there, there is no way that I'm going to get past this. I, I, I've seen how I've, I've, I've been able to accomplish things in the past. And, and mostly because I had a net there. I had some kind of fallback there. But for this one, there is no, there is no plan B. There is, no, there is no net at the bottom to catch me if something goes wrong here. And so, God, I need you. And so, in your life, you're starting to think, how, God, how do I make it through this? And, and what do I, and I know you to be a God of deliverance, but God, what do I do while I'm waiting here? That's the question. And the person in Scripture that helps me to understand that better is Peter. And in Peter chapter 12, Peter is actually in prison. This is not his first time in prison. This is actually his second time recorded in Scripture in prison. But when you go back to chapter 1, you, you've got to remember Peter had some high times. He had some, some high days. In Acts chapter 1, Peter was there for the ascension of Christ. He saw Christ, you know, going up to the clouds and, and, and experiencing the, the glory of God. He saw that. So he had to be energized. He also saw in, in Acts chapter 2 when the Holy Spirit fell and, and, and he was there at Pentecost and saw over 3,000 people be saved at one time and how the word of God just continued to spread. And, and, and man, I bet you that was a great thing. Just, just really gave him uh, just the power he needed to continue on. And then also in Acts chapter 3, he was, he was there when the lame beggar was able to walk and, and, and over 5,000 people were saved in that and, and how he was also put in prison by the Sadducees and the Jews and he was able to get away from that and, and how the Lord just continued to use him mightily. And each time, Peter, even though he came up against an obstacle, he was able to see the Lord move. But in this particular area of Scripture, he is now in the company or, or have been jailed by Herod. And Herod is not just an ordinary person that will let him. Now, he is the, he is the, the Roman ruler of that particular area. And when Herod puts you in jail, you, you may not come out or you're going to die by execution. And so Peter is looking at a different circumstance here in Acts chapter 12. And so let's pick up reading in Acts chapter 12 of what actually happens to Peter as he's standing waiting on the God of deliverance. Acts chapter 12, and this is what it reads. Now about that time, Herod the king laid hands on some who belonged to the church in order to mistreat them. And he had James, the brother of John, put to death with the sword. And when he saw that it pleased the Jews, he proceeded to arrest Peter also. Now it was during the days of unleavened bread, when he had seized him, he put him into prison, delivering him to four squads of soldiers to guard him, intending after the Passover to bring him out before the people. So Peter was kept in prison. But listen to this. But prayer for him was being made fervently by the church to God. On the very night when Herod was about to bring him forward, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers. 
bound with two chains and guards in front of the door who were watching over the prison. And behold, an angel of the Lord suddenly appeared and a light shone in the cell and he struck Peter's side and awoke him saying, get up quickly. And, and his chains fell off. And the angel said to him, gird yourself and put on your sandals. And, and he did so. And he said to him, wrap your cloak around you and follow me. And he went out and continued to follow. And he did not know that what was being done by the angel was real, but thought he was seeing a vision. And when they passed the first and second guard, and they came to the iron gate that leads to the city, which opened for them by itself, and they went out and went along the street, and immediately the angel departed from him. When Peter came to himself, he said, now I know for sure that the Lord has sent forth his angel and rescued me from the hand of Herod and from all that the Jewish people were expecting. And as I read this particular scripture, I was overwhelmed about how Peter, now in this, in this difficult situation, not like before where I've seen God's hand move immediately. I've seen people praying immediately. I've seen the, the lame healed immediately, but now I'm sitting in a, in a cell by one of the most powerful men of our region waiting on my death. Now, the Bible never says that Peter was scared, but if it were me sitting in that situation, I would say, man, there is no way that I'm gonna get out of this. It's going to take the God of deliverance to help me to get through this. So what do you do while you're waiting? What does a person do while they're waiting? Now, let's look at Peter. Now, number one, point number one, you have to remember that while you're waiting, there will be casualties. There will be casualties. Now, people will lead you to believe uh, that since you're a Christian, this shouldn't happen to you. Or, or because you're a Christian, if you give, you should never go in debt. Or, or because you read your Bible, you should never have a question about these things. And that's not true. That, that, is, that is based on a works-based salvation, not of a work of grace through faith, completed through the death and burial of Jesus Christ. People start looking at how I can do more rather than looking at the grace and faith of Jesus Christ as, and God as being their deliverer. We've got to understand that while we are waiting, we have to under, there will be casualties in this life. Things will happen that are beyond our control, but God works all things together for his good. Matter of fact, Jesus explains this to his disciples in John 15, 18 through 25. Listen to what this reads. It says, if the world hates you, you know that it has hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love its own. But because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world. Because of this, the world hates you. Remember the word that I said to you, a slave is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. And if they have kept my word, they will keep yours also. These things will happen to us as believers. People will try to persecute Christians. It will happen. People will pass away. But guess what? We depend on a God who's a deliverer. And it doesn't depend on our circumstances. It depends on who he is. 
And as a matter of fact, you know, when you, when you almost think about the Christian life, you start thinking about, you know, uh, I always kind of like to relate these terms back to, to military because it almost, you know, kind of feels like we're in warfare. And so I'm thinking about military things. And, and sometimes we think that, hey, I, I, I like sitting here listening. I like coming to church. I like going to Sunday school, you know, non-confrontational, you know, we might have a disagreement every now and then, but it's non-confrontational. I like, I like, you know, being in fellowship with my friends from church. I, I love all these things. And we like to stay there. And I like to consider that as boot camp. You know, and, and, and you look at boot camp, boot camp was not designed for us to stay there. But instead, as Christians, we're saying, you know what, I like boot camp. I like boot camp. Man, I get three square meals a day. I, you know, I got a nice warm bed and, you know, I go training. I know what my schedule is every day. I'm not getting shot at, you know, and I, and I like boot camp. And we don't want to go out and face the issues of life. But in this particular verse of scripture, he shows us that there will be problems, there will be issues, there will be casualties. As a matter of fact, in verse 12, it talks about the execution of James. In verse 1, it says, Now about that time, Herod the king laid hands on someone, someone, some who belonged to the church in order to mistreat them. And, 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 and he had James, his brother, the now, about that time, Herod, the king, laid hands on some who belonged to the church in order to mistreat them. And he had James, the brother of John, put to death with a sword. And when he had saw that it pleased the Jews, he proceeded to arrest Peter also. Now, it was during the days of unleavened bread. So, so you see here in Scripture, he has J James executed, and John is waiting. He's looking at these things. Things will happen to believers. As a matter of fact, in John 16, 32 through 33, he says this, Behold, an hour is coming and has already come for you to be scattered, each to his own home, and to leave me alone. And yet I am not alone because the Father is with me. These things I have spoken to you so that in me you might have peace, and in the world you will have tribulation. But take courage. I have come to overcome the world. And my friends, that's what we take comfort in. We don't take comfort in knowing that we won't have problems in this life. We will have problems. We will have trouble in this life. And there will be casualties in this life. But understand this, we're living for something greater. And that greater is heaven. The second thing, when I am waiting on the God of deliverance, there must be constant prayer, constant prayer. In verse five, this is what it says. So Peter was kept in the prison, but prayer for him was being made fervently by the church unto God, fervently by the church unto God. While Peter is in jail, the church is consistently praying. Watch this. They're not complaining. Oh, Herod should never do that. Oh, man, this is crazy. Oh, no, no, no. We need to get him out of jail. They're not doing that. They go to the one in prayer, go to the one who knows how to handle the situation. Listen to this. Now, it's to God. So, so in, in Psalms 145, Psalms 145, verses 18 through 19, this is what it says. The Lord is near to all who call upon him. 
To all who call upon him in truth, he will fulfill the desire of those who fear him, and he will also hear the cry and will save them. That's our promise. God will hear your cry. He knows your down days. He knows your up days. And, and what he desires from us is in our time of weakness and in our time where we feel like we are being boxed in, he says, hey, call unto me and I'll answer you. He says, he says come unto me, you know, all you that labor in a heavy laden. He, he's giving us an invitation to come to him. So we have to, we have to pray fervently unto God. And then the second thing is, not only do we pray to God, but we pray as a unified church, a, a corporate and consistent response from the church. Not complaining, not, not fussing at one another, bickering and fighting at one another. We are constantly praying a corporate and unified response to a holy God through prayer. That's our desire. As a matter of fact, in James chapter 5, verse 16, it says, Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another so that you may be healed. The effective prayer of a righteous man can accomplish much. That's James chapter 5, verse 16. And that's the way God hears through our prayers. There must be consistent prayer. The third thing. While we are waiting on God, while we are waiting on God, our deliverer, there must be a readiness to act. There must be a readiness to act. The Bible never records hesitation on Peter's behalf. Uh, I am, if I'm depending on God to be the God of deliverance, I must be ready to move when he calls me to move. If I just sit there, you know, I could miss what God wants to do. And so if I am waiting on God, my deliverer, and I am waiting on him to, to do something on my behalf, I've got to be listening. I got to be waiting. I don't, God, okay, God, is this the time? Is this the time? God, I'm, I'm reading your word consistently. I'm, I'm looking in it. I'm, I'm, I'm looking for answers. And God, I'm, I'm waiting to hear your voice. But sometimes we get tired of waiting. We get tired of, of praying and not seeing an instant or a, 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 an instant response to what we're asking God. Think about it. How many of us at the beginning, I'm saying us corporately, how many of us at the beginning of COVID, man, we stayed on our face and man, we were praying. We had prayer groups and we were, we were praying, Lord, I pray that, you know, for healing for everybody. And, and man, we were just, just consistently praying. Now, Little by little, you start dropping off because we're not seeing God answer as quick as we want him to. And it's not that we don't think he can do it. So it's going, well, well, God must not be ready to do it right now. And that hinders us from praying. We must be just like this church in Acts. Be consistently praying and seeking the Lord. And not only that, a readiness to act. A readiness to act. As a matter of fact, in Luke chapter 21, verses 25 through 28, this is what Jesus says. This is, matter of fact, he's talking about, Jesus is talking about the end times. And so this is what it says. He says, there will be signs and suns and moons and stars and on the earth dismay among the nations in perplexity and 
and the roaring of the seas and the waves, men fainting from fear, that sound familiar? And the expectation of the things which are coming upon the world for the powers of the heaven will be shaken. Then they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. But when these things begin to take place, listen to this, straighten up and lift up your heads because your redemption is drawing near. He's telling us to take action. Straighten up and lift up your heads because redemption is coming near. You need to be ready to take action and whatever God is calling you to, you can't stay in a pity party. Oh, God, woe is me. This is never going to happen for me. Or oh, well, this will never happen. Guess what? I know there's going to be casualties, but I'm continuing to pray. And I'm waiting for action. God, when you speak, I want to respond. God, when you, when you call, God, help me to accurately respond to your word, not to my own emotions and not to my own feelings. God, help me. That's one of my, my, my main prayers when I am going through something. God, help me to hear your voice so that I know it's you and so that I'll be ready to respond when you call. We must be ready for action. And then number four, not only must I be ready for action, there must be an acknowledgement of God's presence when he finally comes through. You know, there are a lot of times I see when people, when, when people are walking through a problem in their life and God, clearly God has opened the door up and allowed them to walk through a, a terrible situation. But on the other side, they say, oh yeah, I knew that. I knew that would happen. Yeah, yeah, I, I did this and I did this and I did, and all these things happened. And they never look back and tell God, thank you. They never, they never go back to God and say, hey, we give you thanks and praise and glory for all that you've done. As a matter of fact, look here in Scripture in verse 11, chapter 12. This is what Peter says, and, and I love this Scripture. He says, when Peter came to himself, he said, now I know for sure that the Lord has sent forth his angel and rescued me from the hand of Herod and from all that the Jewish people were expecting. He says, I know for sure. He says, listen, I, I, I've, I've seen things and I've seen miracles and, and, and I've even been in jail before, you know, looking at uh, chapter four uh, where Peter was in jail. He says, I've seen all these things before. He says, but now I know for sure. No one could have did this. No one could have done this but the Lord. And when God delivers you and he, he presents himself and he shows himself to be a God of deliverance, we've got to go back and we've got to thank him and say, God, thank you so much for delivering me. Thank you, God. It was by your hand that this has been done. God, it's been by your, your words or your acts that these things have been done. It is not because of me, but God, it was all because of you. And through that, you are sharing the testimony of how good and how faithful God has been. That's what we do. We're realizing that there must be an acknowledgement of God's presence. And then lastly, we got to realize, we must realize that our deliverance may be for the purpose of growth in the kingdom. Our deliverance may be for the purpose of growth in the kingdom. As a matter of fact, it will be for growth in the kingdom. And we know that all things work together for good. Whatever you're going through, 
Somebody's watching you. They're looking at you and how you respond. How do you respond to, to this on TV? How do you respond to this in social media? Are you still reading your Bible? Are you still praying? Are you still calling your, your prayer partners and saying, hey, I'm praying for you? How do, people how do you respond in this? And God uses all those things for his glory. Now, look at verse 24 in chapter 12. Verse 24 in chapter 12. After all these things happen, it says that, but the word of the Lord continued to grow and to be multiplied. So Peter is put in jail. The saints are praying fervently. He is woken up by an angel, released from prison. He leaves prison, goes and reports himself to the rest of the apostles and the, and the rest of the disciples. And he, he gives glory to God in all this. And people are still getting saved. People are still being healed. And that's my friend, what God desires to do in your life as well. When you're going through a situation, you're going through problems in your life, people are watching, they're, they're, they're reading your Facebook posts, they are looking at your, your, continent, your countenance and, and they're trying to figure out what are they gonna do now? I, I know for sure that this person cannot get out of this situation. And when they see our God delivers, when they see how he, you know, masterfully works in your life and, and turns all things for the good, and it may not be in this life, it may be in the life to come and how, and how he works all things together. People will see that. And they'll say, that's a God that I want to serve. All things are done for his glory, not for ours. And so as we finish tonight, as we, we look at the ending scriptures and, and we look at, you know, and understand as we're waiting, number one, there will be casualties. There will be casualties. In this life, we have something greater promise. We must wait in consistent, constant prayer, consistently praying, you know, not just for ourselves, but with the rest of the saints. We are consistently praying, unified prayer. We must have a readiness to act. Whenever God speaks through his word, we need to be ready to act. There must be an acknowledgement of God's presence. And then lastly, realize that our deliverance may be for someone else. You see, it's not always about us. God will use your circumstances as a witness for someone else to put their faith and trust in him. Don't take this moment lightly. It's not, it's not time for you to relax. It's not time, you know, for you to whine and complain about, oh, woe is me. This is always happening to me. God wants you to walk by faith. And is it hard? Absolutely. Just like with that stairway to heaven. When I looked at it, I was like, man, there is no way that I'm going to get through this. But as I took one step by faith, I made it. I took another step by faith. I made it. I kept my focus on what I was doing, and I, and, I, and I continued up that ladder. And then, as I got to the top, I continued to come back down on the other side. It was not on my own merit. God gave me the strength that I needed to get through that. And that, my friend, is what you need to have as well. The faith to understand God will help you get through this. Remember that he is the God of deliverance. Let us pray. 
Father, we thank you so much for today. God, we give you all the glory and all the thanks. Thank you for giving us this example of Peter in Scripture. Lord, help us to continue to depend on you in the prisons of our lives. Help us to continue to understand that it's not by our own might or our own power that we make it through obstacles. But God, it's because of you, the God of our deliverance. And so, Lord, may we find, may we find courage, may we find strength and understanding that you see all, you're sovereign, and you know all that goes on in our lives. Father, we thank you and we love you. In Jesus' name, amen.